0: at least not the pages of my Bible that's falling apart, you know, because really, it's literally falling apart. So (laughs) hopefully I can keep all the pages of my Bible together because my hand is shaking, really. Maybe I should call Brother Ernest here in the front so that he will be my interpreter. I'm joking, brother. (laughs) Uh, Good evening to all of you, and thank you very much to Pastor Hernan for giving me the privilege to stand before you here and preach the gospel the, the word of God and tonight I'll like to look on pages of book of Joshua chapter 3 and as a reverence to the word of God they all stand up please thank you for some friends that came here it's my invitation thank you Joshua chapter three we're going we're going to read a few Verses, and then we're just going to continue with the story on chapter 3 and chapter 4. So in verse 1, as we read it all together, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officer went through the host's, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore. And in verse 5, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. May I ask Pastor Hernan please to open it with a word of prayer. You may all be seated. Thank you very much. It's been a long time since I last preached in this church. It's almost more than 15 years, if I can remember it right. And during that time, the, the, the message that I was preached on that day, on that night, was the mercies of God. You know, the mercies of God was new all, it's forever. It never ceased. But today we're going to look on the life of the nation of Israel. And the title of my message tonight is Crossing your rivers of life. You know, the promised land, here is the nation of Israel. They're about to enter the promised land. They've been wandering on the the wilderness for 40 long years. And the old generation have already been passed. This is the new generation of Israelites, as as, except for Joshua and Caleb. Crossing your rivers of life. Why rivers? Because in our Christian life, we're going to cross lots of rivers. Rivers always signify obstacle. The Bible said that if you're planted by the rivers of water, then you're going to be fruitful. So it's a source of life as well. It depends on how you see those rivers. Do you see those rivers as an obstacle or as a source of life. Here we can see that from chapter 3 and on chapter 4 we can see a very prominent thing there, the ark of the Lord. If you're going to count the number of times that the name ark, the word ark, from on chapter 3 and chapter 4, it's very prominent. Maybe they're about Ten times it's been mentioned in chapter 3, and about the same number, maybe about eight or nine. Number of the Ark of the Lord. What does it signify to the nation of Israel? The Ark of the Lord signifies the presence of God in the midst of them. Here they are, camping before they go into the promised land. Promised land does not signify heaven. Promised land signifies your Christian life. Why? I thought the promised land is heaven. No, because in the promised land, they still encounter lots of conflict. And in our Christian life, we're going to experience lots of conflict. Christian life is a constant cycle of conflict, but of conquest as well. There will be lots of times that sometimes in our conflict, we want to concede defeat, isn't it? We want to give up. We are too scared of what we're going to see beyond that river that we're going to cross. That river alone, that Jordan River, if you can, I don't know if someone here has been to the Middle East you know, and see that Jordan River. Because Jordan River is so popular as a place of destination for all Christians. Because that's where the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized. Jordan River was very prominent in the Bible. As we can see here in this story, the nation of Israel crossed that Jordan River. Here in this this same river, where Naaman, the captain of the host of Syria, dipped himself seven times to get rid of that leper. Same thing. This is the place where John the Baptist baptized all those who can't find repentance. And this is the same place where the Lord Jesus Christ baptized. This is the same place where John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the Lord. What is the significance of this river in our life? As you can see here, the nation of Israel have just lost a leader. Moses was dead when Joshua chapter 1 was first introduced on Joshua chapter 1 says here, verse 1 Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, they don't have any leader, they've been wandering around the wilderness for 40 long years. Why? Because of the constant whining, constant whinging, constant complaining. They are unbelieving nation for us as a Christian. Sometimes we keep on going around in a circle as if we don't know where we're going. We become unbelieving believers. We don't trust on the promises of God. Moses was dead. There were 40 years in the wilderness. They paid, I don't know, if this new generation, have they really seen the hand of God in the life of their nation? How they can enter in into the promised land and cross this mighty river? This time of the year, as the Bible say, Jordan River was flooded up to its bank. So, maybe if they're going to, and they can't, they're actually going to look at on on this Bible uh, these passages in chapter 3, you will see that they camped beside the Jordan River for three days. For three days, they were counting on it. And during that time, the river Jordan was, was flooded up to its bank. I don't know, maybe some people are going to say, uh, they can cross that easily, that river, because how many of you have crossed a river? How many of you? Hmm. I was in the Philippines last year, and we went to this place like what you call uh, in, uh, in uh, Balear Aurora. And to see this majestic post, we need to go trek around uh, along the rivers and cross some of it. And we have a guide. I said, "Oh, maybe it's easy, you know, because, you know, when I was with my brother at that time and we kind of trying to leave each other, ah, oh, we can do it, we can do it. We don't need really a guide. You know, we can do it, you know. We can cross that river. We can track all the way to that majestic falls. So we're walking along. Oh, it easy. Easy walk. And then when it's about to cross the river, the guide said, we're going to cross that river. And I said, are you joking? No. How are we going to cross that? And it's only from here to there. But the current was through. really... The clients were, oh, it's scary. I said, so how are we going to cross that? How are you going to hang on that piece of rope? There's a rope from, tied up from this end to that end. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. And the guy said, <laughs> I thought you go want to see the majesty, the beauty of that falls. We're so proud of that falls, that's the highlight of this place, that falls, and you've been already, we already walked half an, half an hour already, and then you want to turn back because you're so scared of crossing this river? Don't worry, I've done it so many times. That's why you paid me for it, isn't it? So that I can securely bring you to that place where, can, where you can enjoy The beauty of that pulse. Okay, you do it first. (laughs) Just to be sure. And our guide is only about 4 foot 11, 4 foot 10, maybe. So when he jumps on the water, you can see already. (laughs) Doesn't help on your confidence in (laughs) it. And I said, what are you doing there? Come up, come, come down here. <laughs> I don't know. I think when kids were trying to dip on the water, they tried to test it first, you know, if it's cold. Isn't it? They're going to the edge of it. The thing is, I want to see the beauty of the pulse. So even though I'm scared, I just say a little prayer. Lord, take care of my wife. (laughs) She was back home. I was thinking about her. (laughs) But I want to see the beauty of that, of that false. You know, sometimes we cannot really see the beauty of God. Because we're looking on the things that are in front of us. Joseph said, When the ark of the covenant, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest of the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Go for it. Go for it. The ark of the Lord. God is in the midst of us. This morning, we heard the vision that our church is going to go. Are you going for it? Are you going to stay behind? Are you with us? Are you with God? Do you see God? And you go after it? This morning, Brother Naranjin shared to us a very beautiful message about the holiness of God. He challenged us that if you really want to serve the living God, then we, not, we need to sanctify ourselves. I said to Brother Naranjin this morning, there you go, the first one third of my message already. And I see all the men that was here just that we're here this morning, down on our knees, praying to God, God, we are open, clean lips. On verse 5, Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. We as a church cannot move. We as a church cannot really make the make a big impact in this community, in the place of our work, in every place that we are in, if we cannot see God for who he is in our lives. And if we cannot see ourselves, that we are really nothing before Him. You cannot serve God on your own flesh. You cannot serve God on your own call on your own carnal nature. When, when Isaiah saw the Lord in his glory, the Bible says, King Uz- ah, so Uzziah, 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 I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm bad at pronunciation. You said Z-I-A-H. I can spell. Okay? Why did the Bible mention about the death of this king? On the same chapter, When Isaiah saw the glory of God. When Isaiah saw the holiness of God. Why? Pastor Hernan preached that a month ago. Explain because maybe Isaiah was relying on the power of this king and now he's gone. He's wondering what's going to happen to the nation of Israel. But I saw another thing there. Let's see. Isaiah chapter 6. Don't go there. I'm just going to go there because I, have, I wrote down some cross-reference on that one. Second uh, 2 Chronicles 26.16. This is a very important thing here. Second 2 Chronicles 26.16. Let's see. Can we serve God on our own holiness? On our own strength, on our own nature. Let's see here. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord, his God, his God, and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense, incense, sorry, Upon the altar of incense. He was the king of Israel. He was so strong. He was so powerful. He was, I think after Solomon and David, he was one of the greatest king of Israel. Because he invent, he prepared his nation to become up strong militarily. Here he was, inside the temple. On his, uh, on his regal, regal of his robe. I don't know how to say that. But here he, here he was. On the beauty of his clothes. Crown. Long flowing robe. Is that what you call it? Robe? Train? There he was. He was trying to burn incense. He was trying to do But no, his heart was lifted up. He was so proud and holy. Did God honor him? No. Because his heart, his heart is, was wrong before the sight of the Lord. You know, before you cross your rivers of life, before you can really have victory in our Christian life. We must acknowledge ourselves before a holy God. God is holy. And God said, be ye holy for I am holy. Here is Joshua calling his people to respect my number one point. Don't worry, there will be only three points. My number one point, respect. Cross the rivers of our life, we must respect the holiness of God. As Peter said, Purify yourself, for He is pure. And God is holy. we must be holy. Even Paul begged the Christian in Romans 12 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body holy. Can you you recite it, please? Holy and acceptable. Which is our reasonable service. Here is Joshua telling the people, sanctify yourself. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. You want God to do wonders in your life? Do you want to see miracle in your life? The Bible says, sanctify, consecrate ourselves, respect the holiness of God. That's why we need to sanctify ourselves. Because no flesh can glory in the sight of the Lord. God will not give any of his glory to anyone. Holy means separate, set apart, cut above the rest. That's why God said, beside me there's no one else. There's no other God. He is the Holy One. And we are serving a Holy God. You cannot serve God. You cannot sing here in the front. You cannot share the gospel without first sanctifying yourself. And how can we be sanctified? It is the word of God that can sanctify us. We are being washed by the word of God. That's why reading the word of God is very important in our lives. If you really want to have a clean life, if you really want to serve God, We must be guided by His Word. Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Respect the holiness of God. Number two, as we see here on verse 7, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. You know, in our Christian life, God will put people to help you in your walk with God. Maybe your parents, maybe your teacher, maybe your mentor, or your pastor. Joshua had Moses. Paul had Barnabas. Someone in your life, God had put them to help you in your Christian walk. To cross the rivers of life, you must regard, you must regard the people that, po- that God had put in your life, maybe your parents. But primarily on this particular passages that we're reading, it's your pastor. Why? What are the characteristics of Joshua as a leader? Why God put him to lead the nation of Israel? Why him? If you will know about Pastor Hernan when when he's starting dating my daughter. (sighs) Why, Lord? I've been praying for my daughter since he was a baby. That you will give her a man after your own heart. God said, your thoughts are not my thoughts. My plan is not your plan. And I learned to love him. You know why? Because he loves my daughter. And if he turned to the left, I know my daughter with her wicked right arm will just put her back into his own place. Joke <laughs> You know why Joshua was the leader of his, why he replaced Moses at that time? On verse 1 alone, you will see his character already. What did the Bible say on verse 1? Joshua rose up early. You know why he rose up early? (laughs) It's not my notes, it's the pages of the Bible. (laughs) Joshua rose early in the morning. You know why? That's all right. I was athletic during my days. So, you know why? Because he wants to seek the peace of the Lord. You know, on the 32 years I've been married to my wife, i never pale to see her. Every time I was... Wo- I open up my eyes in the morning, if I'm always here already praying, seeking the peace of God. The Bible mentions something about the nation of Israel, when they rose up early to what? To play, not to pray. They rose up early to play. That's your assignment. Find that word that in the Exodus book of Exodus. When the nation of Israel rose up early to play. To play with their phones. To play with their tablets. To play with their laptop. To play. Not to pray, but to play. Joshua was a man of prayer. Number two, As you can see on chapter 1, that when God said this book of the law, 1 verse 8, he was a man of the word. Number three, Joshua was a man of loyalty. He was loyal to Moses. And he was a man of faith as well. As you can see, if you're going to study, we're not going to look at it all the verses. But Mo, Joshua was very faithful to, his, to Moses and to God. He was only one of the two spies. Did I say it correctly, ma? Spies, plural. She always keep on saying that to me. When you say one of the, use the plurals. All right? Oh, plurals, plural. All right? <laughs> Don't say one of the one of the one of the boy, No, one of the boys. So one of the spies. He was one of the spies. No, there were two of them. But there they went against the majority perspective of not going into the promised land. Joshua knows the promises of God. That's why God put him in that leadership. Because God knows you also have the character. In such a time like this now, whereas as I look on all those young people that sang there on the front, most of them were born here. I saw some. I saw Ah, not really. You were already born when you came to this church. But most of you, I remember Micah. And it reminds me as well, when my daughter Azariah was three years old. Four years old, three years old. When she started singing in the church. And it's really a big church. We have about 800 members in that church. Azariah singing a special music. What song was that? Walk on, walk on, with all in your heart. Isn't it? And you'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. See? You thought that I don't have any voice? (laughs) But the thing is, the thing is, God will put some person in your life to help you in your Christian walk. God will put you someone. When you're down, he will send you someone to encourage you. When you're up there, on the apex of your Christian life, God will put someone so that he will remind you. Don't be haughty, don't be proud. It's all for God's glory. Number three. There I am. Joshua chapter five. Chapter three. Oh, see. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, verse nine, and Joshua said unto the children of Israel. Come hither, and hear the words of the Lord your God. The Bible is really important in our lives. We cannot cross the rivers of our lives, of our lives, unless our Christian walk has been always guided by the word of the Lord. Hear ye, hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joseph said. Hereby you shall know, by this you shall know, hereby you shall know that the living God is among you. Without fail, he said here, and that he without pale, God is faithful, isn't it? God is faithful? Wow. Wow. If I, that's really real in my life, I'll be jumping for joy. I'll make sure that I'll be here so I will not fall down there. I'll be really. Is God really faithful in your lives? Seriously? Do you think he will fail you? Huh? Huh? Do you think God will disappoint you? Huh? Do you think he will not make good of his promises to you? Huh? Wow. Hear ye the words of the Lord. Hereby, by this, I can guarantee you. It's like uh, those, uh, not use you, you, you sales car, use car salesman. They scared. They'll say to you something with their ear, 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 with their teeth grinning, sparkling teeth. they say, I can guarantee you that that car will run. Not that kind of guarantee, but, but Joshua is saying, hereby, by this, by the word of God. God will never fail you. Don't be scared of the enemy. Don't be scared. Of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hebites and all the parasites. No, no, this one say parasite. Parasites, sorry. Not parasite. Not parasites, sorry. Parasite. All this site, uh, really. And the Girgosites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. You know, in crossing the rivers of life, God is sometimes orchestrating all those obstacles and opposition. Why? Why God will orchestrate all those obstacles and all those opposition? Why? So that when you see His omnipotence, you will obey. Don't worry about the obstacle. Don't worry about the opposition. It's an opportunity to obey the omnipotent God. Do you think your God is not all-powerful? Do you think God will not get rid of all those obstacles? Do you think God will not get rid of all those opposition? You know, sometimes just to show to you how God will look after you, in, in I think it's Psalms chapter 23, when the Lord will serve something in the presence of your enemy. Where is that? Uh, anyway, let's. God will serve something delicious dinner for you, in the presence of your enemy. Just to annoy the enemy. Come to think of it, do you think God cannot handle those things? I'm too scared to cross that river, when it's only about. It's up to here to that guide. But it's only 4'8", 4, 4, 4, ten, you know. So, so, if it's this height. <laughs> so, it's only really, it's just covering my belly button. So, on the picture, really, when my brother is on the banks of, of that river, when he's taking me a picture, it's a good look for me. Because it doesn't show my big tummy, you know. So, when I, but you know, when God Asked the nation of Israel at that time to cross that River Jordan? It's dry. He cut off the water. 19 miles, about 20 kilometers where they, where they were at that time. And God will not, the Bible didn't say anything about how deep it is, how wide it is, but definitely it's not only one meter wide or two inches deep. No, it's not. If God will going to do something miraculous, we will magnify it. So they're going to cross maybe about a kilometer wide river and maybe it's about 10 meters deep. God will magnify to the people of Israel what He can do, isn't it? People will say, all the skeptics will say, oh, they just cross a, you know, it's only up to the knee, knee, maybe knee high or ankle high. No, it's not. They need to go down that. But before they, they cross that river, even though it's dry, it's still scary. I'm telling you, it's still scary, scary. When we went to Banuatu in 2009, we crossed a few riverbeds. Some of them are dry. Some of them, as Brother Burns can attest to that. But still scary knowing that anytime there will be a plus flood. And even though it's dry, on the back of your mind, there's a chance that there will be a plus flood. Back in the Philippines as well, a year ago when I went there, I crossed that dry river bed as well. And a month before that, few hikers get killed because they were swept away by a plus flood. So even though I'm crossing that dry river bed, I'm still scared and thinking about death at home as well. You know? Why every time I'm on the point of death, I'm thinking about you? Anyway. What I'm trying to say here, on point number three, you must reinforce your faith on the living God. The God that we are serving, the God that's walking with us in our Christian living, is a living God. He will never fail you. He will never fail you. You know why we need to cross the rivers of life? I'm already on my last point. You know why? On chapter 4, we'll see here. When, we, when they cross, after crossing, after crossing the, the river of Jordan, God asked them to, to take 12 stone, each member, each tribe, One man, one stone, to set up a memorial. So that when the children asked them, What meant this stone? They say, on chapter 4, verse 19, let's say, see. And the people came out out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal, in the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan, did Joseph. In Gilgal, and he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you, until you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which dried up from before us until we were gone over. Verse 24. These are the re- these are- this is the reason that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Number four. Remember. God is faithful. God will never pay. God is good. from the Red Sea, God has been faithful to you since you came to know him as your personal savior. if right now at this time you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior. all of what I said, all I've said about God, all I said about the victorious life in victorious life is really nothing to you, if God, if you don't know Christ as your personal savior. The thing is, why we want to walk Christian life so we can live a legacy to the future generation. Can I call all the kids here in the front, all the kids? one kid from its family. Ask your dad your Bible ask your your dad your Bible ask your dad, ask your dad your Bible get the Bible from your dad no 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 not your own Bible get your dad's Bible come on kids, come on come on Malachi obiki oh, firstborn all the firstborn he's still living at home not only the not only the kids all the all the child here all the not child all the <laughs> how do you say this whether you're under eighty why, why you Everyone that's still living with their mom and dad. Daniel, you still living with your mom and dad? (laughs) Come on here. Anyone that's still living with their mom and dad, get your dad's Bible or your mom's Bible. Come on. Each one from a representative from their family. all the firstborn. That's it. That's the right word that I'm looking for. All the firstborn. Or any representative from your family. Hold up to all those Bibles. Oh, hold up those Bibles. You know your kids will remember your lives based on how you live. Hold up your Bible. Hold up. Paste them. Show it to your dad. Show it to your mom. Show it to your mom. Tell them. Mom, Dad, this is the way I'm going to live as long as you live on the principle of this. How your children...